can sentiment really overpower supply tightness? That's the question that we have for Archie Smith today in regards to the crude market. In addition, the FIS fertilizer team has been working hard to introduce risk management tools into the market. Barney Talbot Ponsonby is going to make his Freight Up debut and give us a fertilizer market update. All this and more on Freight Up. Freight Up! Hello and welcome to Freight Up. My name's Fernanda and I'll be your host as we navigate the seas of freight and commodities. This week's episode boasts the debut of Barney Talbot Ponsonby, who will be giving us an overview of the fertilizer market and, not to mention, a fuel update from the people's broker, Archie Smith. But first, let's dive straight in with a fuel oil update from the people's broker, Archie Smith. Archie, welcome back. Good to be back. Thank you. Yeah. So I think first things first, we have to get this one out of the way. Are you planning on apologizing to your fans for for abandoning us for Uh, the sunny uh, Isles uh, of Greece last week? No, I will not apologize. (laughs) (laughs) For absolutely nothing. Um, Yeah, no, it was a lovely trip away in Greece. Obviously, got, got to see a few clients, got to see a lot of people at the FFABA. So yeah, it was needs must. And just your social calendar is off the hook here. Tomorrow night, you also have another event. Yes, uh, the FIS charity event. It's actually a secret charity auction or silent charity auction, I should say, (laughs) not a secret one. Well, I'll I'll be attending that as well. I'm really looking forward to that one. So, Archie, actually, I was just talking to our show producer, Neil, earlier. I'm lobbying to get this show changed to Fuel Up. Okay. Because of your nobody, stardom. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> he's not he's not there's, there's no, nobody else speaking on it. If it no, yeah. <laughs> we've got we've got Barney on, yeah. we've had Hugh and uh Luke on, yeah. and then every once in a while we have James on, and then yeah. obviously how. You just when you see like what people are listening to, like you're the star. Oh, that's brilliant. That's great news. Yeah, no. no I would I wouldn't want to steal the show. There you go. You don't want us to name it Fuel I, Up. I don't want to steal the show. <laughs> All right. So the question is, now we can actually get started. Yes. So what's been going on this week so far? Well, it very much seems that the bullish crude rally that we've been experiencing over the past few weeks, or well, the past few months really, has really kind of taken a hit, if, if anything. I mean, today we've we've really crashed today. We got up at the time, we got up to levels that were the highest we've had since November 2022, which was kind of 95, 96 a barrel. This is for the uh, front month, Brent Future. And now, I mean, today it's really, really crashed. Uh, so, so we opened trading just just kind of over $90 a barrel and it's seriously dropped to below $89 a barrel. I think oh, we got, wow. yeah, we got as low as like 88, 60 something so far. So, uh, so far today, I mean, that could slip further today. So there's no major major headlines that are really kind of driving this this fall at the minute. I think it's just general consensus in the market that interest rates are going to remain high for a long time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Fed have kind of reinforced their hawkish stance. So while there's been no raising of interest rates explicitly, there's also kind of no signs of them going down. So with high interest rates, you know, looking likely for the foreseeable. Obviously, it's going to have a knock on on global demand and, and fuel demand, and I think that's going to be the that's going to be the main factor really that's pressuring the prices down. 
the outlook in the long run would still be fairly bullish. Obviously, you know, it's going to take a lot to, to completely counterbalance those Saudi-Russia cuts that we had over the summer when they announced that they were going to do it for the rest of the year. That's still in place. They still are, you know, cutting their production each month for the rest of the year. But yeah, obviously now we've got this opposing force of everyone's worried, oh my God, you know, is the demand really there? Mm. Um, you know, you can have supply tightness, but if there's no demand, it kind of, you know, like I said, it, it acts as a counterbalance. So the um, question is, can sentiment really overpower supply tightness? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a goal, that's a crystal ball. I mean, <laughs> I, I'd say, you know, I'd, I'd say it kind of can. I mean, it, especially in the oil market, a lot of it is sentiment. I think, you know, news headlines here, news headlines there, reports here, reports there, and forecasts. You know, even just a forecast can massively impact the price. But obviously, a forecast hasn't happened yet. It's just what might happen. So, yeah, sentiment obviously plays a massive, massive part uh, and what people think are going to happen. And obviously, you know, just general economic confidence, which has been low for a while, right? Yeah. Obviously, yeah, the, the, the global economy is not looking great. So, yeah, US resilient. I mean, they're production as well i mean this could be a, another thing that's slightly affecting the the oil price and it might be the reason why why we've kind of slowed down on this rally is that u.s production is up is up massively you know whether they're trying to kind of fill the void that's left by the saudi and russia cuts who knows but you know even in the face of a massive drawback in oil drilling the, the u.s oil production is is up massively I mean, yeah, so the, the US oil output is up. It was up again in July to basically 13 million barrels per day, uh, which is near the pre-pandemic record. So, yeah, US US kind of holding it down there on the, on the other side <laughs> of the pond. Holding it down for the team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What a story. The US dollar is strong at the minute. Another factor that, you know, could be influencing these, not lower prices, but, you know, oil coming off is a stronger dollar. And when the dollar's strong, holders of foreign currency have less buying power for oil. Because obviously all in a paper market, it's all traded in dollars. Everything's priced in dollars per, you know, dollars per barrel or dollars per metric ton. So when that dollar is stronger, you know, people who are holding dirham, euro, pound sterling, obviously they've got less buying power. So they're not purchasing as much oil. Mm. And therefore, you know, the, the price is slipping. So that's another point to kind of add to that amalgamation. No. Yeah. Every time an oil barrel is purchased, you can hear an eagle call in the background. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the high sulfur, I mean, at the beginning of the week, the high sulfur crack really came off. It was Monday morning we kind of came in. Within half an hour of the market opening in London, it was, uh, the crack was off like $1.30, something like that, which is a, which is a, for an intraday change, that is pretty massive. And, you know, we've seen the, the high sulfur crack so high recently. So, you know, to see it coming off like this was, was a bit different, I suppose. And that was because uh, there was a pipeline, uh, I don't know if it opened or it was about to open, basically carrying Iraqi crude. And the thing with Iraqi crude is very, very sour. It has high sulfur content. So it's a lot, lot better for refining into high sulfur fuel oil or not really... You don't really refine things into high sulfur fuel oil. It's, it's more a byproduct of refining. So if you're refining with high high sulfur content crude, you're going to get more of that high sulfur fuel oil byproduct anyway. It's the KRG pipeline that's carrying sour Iraqi crude. Everyone's like, oh, there's going to be loads more supply coming out. And just that, you know, I think the European market, so this is uh, kind of European crack more specifically, but the European market has been so tight on high sulfur barrels mm -hmm. and high sulfur molecules recently because, well, not really recently, but just since 
the Russian sanctions because oh, Russian okay. oil is, again, it's that sour. kind of grade. It's, it's sour. With that out of the market, there just wasn't much high sulfur flying around. And that's kind of over summer why the, the crack got really high. But yeah, so this new in, new injection of, of sour barrels. So that crack really came off. That in turn widened the high five spread. And we've, I mean, we've had, we've been trading quite a lot of the high five spreads past couple of weeks, which is, which is good news. All the interest has been user end shipping clients looking to lock in their hedge for the low sulfur versus the high sulfur. And, you know, that margin has gotten a lot wider now. I mean, it was super tight. It was historically tight when them high sulfur cracks were up and the very low sulfur complex was kind of like not really doing much. But now with that crack back off, the margin has widened again. So we've seen interest in the high in the high fives pick up quite a lot. And that's not just front end high five, that's into 2024. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's golden week at the minute. Yeah. In Asia. So that's a lot of a lot of Asian players out of the market. Not all, but um I mean in the morning the liquidity is not there to you know, to put it straight. Until Europe and London have woken up. Yeah. There's barely been any trades in the market when I'm coming in. Um but that's just because, you know, all the Asian players who are usually trading the APAC session are, are off on Golden Week enjoying their enjoying their week's holiday. And now, because I've most recently watched Con Air, I said, put the Barney back in the box and let's talk about some fertilizer. We are in the studio with Barney. How are you doing? Very well. Thank you, Fernanda. Great to be here. Oh. Um, yeah, been a dream of mine to come on. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so flattered. <laughs> I know I'm speaking for the entire Freight Up community when I say that we are happy to have you here. Well, that's very kind. Thank you. So tell us a bit more about Barney. What do you do? So I'm based here in the London office on the fertilizer desk. There's also two others of us, George and Taylor, who Taylor's been on the podcast before, based out in Kansas City. So I kind of represent the international market, kind of covering Asia, Europe, and a bit of kind of South America. Just the way that the fertilizer contracts are split. That's the way the apple's fallen. So it's good. And not to boast, but you made a bit of history earlier this year, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. So, well, it was Taylor and I. Taylor put a lot of work into Nola urea options, traded the last one end of Q4 last year. And kind of year to date, we're probably around just over 90,000 tons, I'd say, on Nola urea options. But we hadn't quite broken into the international market on options yet. Until a couple of months ago, we managed to get a Brazil option. All right. Uh, a Brazilian put option over the line after a lot of work between Taylor and I. So that was fantastic to do and just opens up the, the market to new players and new possibilities. So good to get that over the line. We've been very close on both AG and Egypt options, but not quite got one over the line. But we've had some great support from some of our clients on those. So that's always great to see. That's wonderful. So we should be keeping an eye out for that in the near well, future. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully in the next couple of weeks, you should get something over the line. So Taylor came on the podcast a couple months ago, actually, and was just talking about how your industry in particular kind of needed more risk management tools. And it sounds like it's a bit of a field of dreams situation where you built it and they've come now, yeah. Barney. <laughs> I think that's the thing. I think as Taylor went over, it is a great risk management tool, kind of helps producers or kind of importers that way. But also it can open up possibilities for more financials maybe to join the market because they can back off their futures against the options. So it's not just that, it's also opening up other possibilities. So, I mean, all round, it's a win for everyone. I definitely think so. It sounds like it. So 
What's going on with the market today? What can you tell uh, us about the world of fertilizer? So I don't, for those of you that watched George's LinkedIn update last Friday, sadly, there's not been a huge amount of news. Last week was pretty quiet. It just the market's very much in limbo. Um, oh, expect- why is that? So there's news of another Indian tender expected. Mm-hmm. By the time this podcast comes out, I'm sure the news will be out. That's just why I was checking my phone. So that should be announced in the next couple of hours. It's now Wednesday uh, lunchtime in the UK. So that could see some big moves in the market, just depending on how much India looks tender and the time frame they, they put on that. And then in a few weeks, we'll kind of have a better idea of pricing and quantity they're going to take. But a lot of traders kind of seem to have been sitting on their hands the last couple of weeks with no kind of clear direction of where the market's going. Neither side would want to really aggress on the paper. Sellers didn't want to drop lower, bids didn't want to come higher. Um, so we've seen a couple of wider frames in the market, um, which has kind of slowed down the, the trading a little bit, which is a little bit frustrating. I was hoping to bring some more exciting news in that. <laughs> can't always be. So You might um, you might have to break in here yeah. during the day if, if the news comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think we'll I think there's lots of eyes peeled for that, that kind of update. So yeah, as I say, that should come out this week. Uh, I mean, we have seen a little bit of physical news come out. Really? So Arab Gulf, in the mid-November, physical has been trading at kind of 420 levels, up around $30 from last done. So that did kickstart the market a little bit. I mean, there has been the old kind of scraps trading on, on the paper market, which has kind of kept things alive. I mean, October AG traded at 4.35 on Monday, kind of flat from last week. And it was rumored that Brazil traded at 4.23 and 4.25 um, for November. Again, kind of in line with where physical is at the moment. Physical offers have been pulling up higher in the Brazil market. I think they were around 4.20 levels, but it seems now they're around 4.30, 4.40. So that market's moving up, but it's Brazil's always a difficult market to read um, without fully <laughs> knowing what's going on there. But yeah, unfortunately, pretty quiet at the moment. I mean, it is Golden Week as well, which I'm sure the other hosts have mentioned. So kind of news out of China has been a little bit slow as well. And trading out of China has been a little bit slower as well. So that's not helped on addition of of the news. (laughs) So yeah, hopefully next week things should really pick up. Fantastic. That means that we're going to have you here next week, right? Well, hopefully so. Yes. Well, hopefully I'll be so busy that I won't be able to Well, one can always hope that you'll find time yeah. to carve out for, <laughs> sure for freight up, no matter yeah. what. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I can, yeah. But yeah, no, the market in general has been good the last few months. As, as I was saying, the volatility that a lot of traders saw last year in the market because of Russia, Ukraine, uh, and the prices being so volatile, and there's been big volatility this year as well. It has really kind of encouraged trading houses and, and traders to look at the market. And we're seeing that now with new onboards coming into the market that doesn't, that don't all necessarily have skin in the kind of physical game, which has been great for us and will be great in the market to hopefully develop it further and continue to build liquidity here at FIS. So sounds good. Phenomenal. And Barney will be here to help you every step of the way. I will. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's it for us this week. Thank you so much for joining. And if you too would like the name to be changed to Fuel Up, then make sure to write us at FreightUpPodcast.com. That's FreightUpPodcast.com. And while you're there, you can listen to old episodes, read show notes, or just drop us a message to say hello. That's it for us. Until next time. Freight Up!